Hey, happy holiday, everybody. I wanted to jump in before the show starts and apologize for the audio on this episode. Rick's mic was misconfigured, so he sounds a little rough. If you have a tin ear like Rick does, you might not mind. But if the audio quality bothers you, please accept our sincere apology, and we promise it won't happen again. Hey, have a great Thanksgiving. Welcome to the Cheapskate Show, everybody. It's a mini Thanksgiving edition of the podcast. We're just gonna we're just gonna chew the fat here a little bit. We're just gonna talk about some of our favorite things of the year, things we're thankful for. I'm joined as always by the person I am most thankful for on a long list of people. Uh, it's Dave Johnson. Hi, Dave. Hey, Rick. That's that's genuinely nice of you. Thank you very much. You know, I'm super <laughs> thankful for you. I must say. Go on now. Cut it out. (laughs) (laughs) This is the only time listeners will hear us be nice to each other, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I think that's appropriate, really. (laughs) We just, we take one day off every year. Yeah. (laughs) So, yes, this is going to land in your podcast inbox, I guess, uh, the day before Thanksgiving. So we're just going to, again, not do the usual, but we're just going to chit-chat a bit and Wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving and all that sort of thing. So Yeah, I know that most most people are probably going to spin up this podcast and sit around the turkey table and listen to it as a family on Thanksgiving Day. So I think it's fitting that we're going to talk about this stuff today. Yeah, in fact, what you should really do is uh, listen to it together over Zoom so you can really really bond over it and and just dissect everything, the minutia of what we talk about. <laughs> today all right so this being 2020 i mean it seems almost a little weird to talk about being thankful for anything other than health right now uh and even don't even want to jinx it by saying i sure i'm happy i'm healthy because that will make the the universe strike me down where i sit but um i was just thinking back throughout the year about you know things in the tech world sort of related to tech that uh, I find so super useful and helpful that I'm handy for. And I know you, you've kind of had a couple things in mind as well. Uh, you want to kick, kick it off? Let me know what you're thankful for. Sure. You know, when we were talking earlier about what are we thankful for, I would say there's three pieces of technology that make my current lifestyle possible. And so I'm thankful for these three things. HelloFresh, Roku, and my Oculus Quest 2. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it makes sense, right? Because most of my meals are delivered in a box every week. And I love the fact that I don't have to think too hard about what I'm going to cook. I just take it out, I make it, and it's delicious. My Roku gives me access to all of my streaming TV because I don't have cable anymore. And for those few minutes a day when I can take a break from work, my Oculus Quest is, I still love it to death. I, I think you could sort of mash those together a little bit. In fact, you could even take Roku out of the equation because in the Oculus, you can get both Netflix and Hulu and I think a couple other streaming services as well. Amazon so, is on there as well. Yeah, so what what I want you to do, Dave, is to, to prep your HelloFresh meal, 
then put on your Oculus headset and watch Netflix or whatever while you eat, and then you are <laughs> what? What are you? Right. You're more machine than man. <laughs> Here's my hot take on that, though. I really don't like the idea. I I understand the appeal of using like Netflix within VR, but it's it's low res. You know, it's lower yeah. resolution than if you were watching on a 4K set in the in Meat Space. But and, it's big. It's big though. Like, isn't it the equivalent of like looking at like a hundred inch screen or even yeah, larger? Yeah, you're sitting in a theater and looking at a gigantic screen. So visually, it's very large and impressive. But the fact remains is that you don't have the same pixel resolution as you would sitting in the meat space. And as a result <laughs> of that, yeah, I just I don't know. I'm a stickler for I like surround sound. I like high resolution screen. I, I think you just like to say meat space. <laughs> meat space. Meat space. Meat space. The words lost all meaning. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was just uh, using. I don't just want to go on and on about the Oculus because we've talked about it before, for one thing. Uh, and I'll just pause to note once again that at two ninety nine, I think it's probably the single best gift you can buy for yourself or anybody this year. It's just so great. But um, I was using it to play Beat Saber, which is just ludicrously fun. And then I was trying out the new uh, Star Wars VR game, which is called Tales from the Galaxy's Edge, which I think is sort of related to the new theme park thing that's in California. Isn't that also called Galaxy's Edge? Yes, I believe it is. And I thought that maybe it was tied into the location-specific VR experiences, but, but you, you were saying you didn't think so. You talking about the Void? Yeah, uh, like the, the Void games. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think this is this is that. I think this is from the same people that did Vader Immortal, which I think which I think was great. Um, I didn't like uh, Tales from the Crypt Edge. Whatever. <laughs> I just can't make myself remember the name of the thing. Um, anyway, I, I it's fun. It's just I thought the Vader Immortal stuff was was better because for one thing, it had Darth Vader in it, and that always makes everything better. But I've just been doing some of the fitness stuff. I know you mentioned Supernatural, which I finally got to try out. Uh, I've been doing boxing in VR. Um, it's just, it's so great. I mean, for this, it's built, it's built for quarantine. Like it's the, you can do it inside any house in any space and, and do so many things. It's the, so great. The thing that I love about the Quest so much is not only are there good titles available for the quest? Like, you know, like I mentioned, Supernatural multiple times. But if you are willing to plug in a 15-foot cable to back to your PC, you can play any of the Steam VR games. And I have a, a sizable catalog of Steam VR games from when I had an HTC Vive. And, for example, probably my favorite game of all time is a little real-time strategy game called Final Assault, where it's like you're playing with little toy soldiers that actually move and respond to your whims. And it I am addicted to that game. I've played it probably every other day for a year and a half now. I cannot <laughs> stop playing it. It is so much fun. And I would only can play it because the Quest has that backwards compatibility to desktop Steam VR games. 
Yeah, I really wish they would figure out a wireless solution to that because for the moment you still have to be tethered via cable to your PC if you want to do that. Um, but yeah, I agree. That's such a great value add uh, for anybody who might have gotten like previous uh, Oculus or even HTC gear. Um, Rick and the Rick and Morty game, uh, I think was one of my absolute favorites, uh, from, from desktop. And, um, I really miss playing that. I mean, you play through it once and you're kind of done. So I don't know that I would go back to it necessarily, but that was, if you're a Rick and Morty fan, like a must, must play in VR. <laughs> so funny. And, and, and I have one, one thing that I have to caution you is maybe not a good idea. And that is Google Earth. I, I was initially just in love with Google Earth, which you can do on the Quest through Steam VR. And the problem is I've gone back to like my childhood home and it's changed now. <laughs> they changed the neighborhood and I find it profoundly sad in a way that I can't put my finger on. But it's like super depressing that my, my neighborhood that I grew up in is, is all different now. <laughs> well, okay, listeners, consider yourselves warned. If you should happen to get yourself a VR headset, and if you should happen to install Google Earth, stay away from Dave's old neighborhood. It will depress you no end. <laughs> what a strange thing to, to tell people. I, I don't know. It's Thanksgiving. You know, you, this is the time of year where you're supposed to be truthful. I think. I don't know. No. Is that one of the rules? No, no that's all, all the time. Truthful all the time, Dave. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Well, thanks for joining us on the Oculus Show, everyone. We'll be back next week to talk about the Oculus some more. Uh, all right. So let's see. <laughs> we've done we've covered that topic pretty well. Uh, what are you thankful for that you have seen on television? Uh, and I, that can include movies, of course, because we're not allowed to actually go to the movies anymore. But uh, what what were your standouts? This feels like an end of the year show, but we're just we're being thankful. So let's let's pick our top most thanked, uh, thankable shows of the year. The one that stands out in my mind, probably the, my favorite thing that I've seen all year, is Mythic Quest on Apple+. Plus. Yeah, I enjoyed that show a lot. In fact, it was a slow burn for me. I, I, the first few episodes, I thought, okay, oh, this is kind of Oh, everything's a slow a... burn for you, Rick. Well, no, not everything, because I'm going to talk about The Queen's Gambit, which like hit it out of the park from like minute one. But Mythic Quest, initially, I just thought, okay, this is kind of a sort of dumb workplace comedy that, you know, I feel like I've seen this before. Like, it's like it felt like a lesser Silicon Valley to me. But as it went on and as we really got to know the characters a little bit more and as the plot took on a little bit more uh, gravitas, I guess I'll say, it really evolved into something kind of special. Yeah, it did. And is there going to be a season two? Do you know? I think there's a season two in the works, whether it's actually filming, because uh, it's no spoiler to say that Mythic Quest was shut down at the tail end because right. of the pandemic. Yeah. And they actually did something really, really, really cool. That uh, elevated the show. In a, I thought so. Yeah, the, I thought so. Without Which saying what it is. Yeah. It was yeah. really, really special. Yeah, so... And the um, show I had would... Danny Pudi, which I know that wasn't <laughs> your favorite role that he has done, but I have to say, Danny Pudi is a superb actor, and I will watch him do anything, including brush his teeth. So, of course, he was best known from Community, and he created such an indelible character in Community that, for me, it is really hard to watch him in anything else. And, in fact, I, I think I liked his character maybe the least 
in Mythic Quest just because it was so hard for me to dissociate him from Abed. And I think we see, we've seen that before with other characters in other shows. Like you look at, um, uh, well, just about anybody from Seinfeld, like, but specifically Jason Alexander and, um, Michael Richards, um, it just, like, couldn't separate them from George Costanza and Kramer. Well, the, the funny thing about Jason Alexander is he leans into it in the sense that I get the feeling that whenever he appears on another TV show, he kind of walks on going, hey, look, everybody, it's George Costanza. <laughs> oh, see, I don't, I don't think that at all. I think maybe Michael Richards, although he doesn't really do much anymore, but. Yeah, there's a just... reason for that. Yeah, so I don't know how we got so far <laughs> so far afield here, but Danny Pudi's the worst. I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting angry looks from from the audience here. So, gosh, all right. So, a couple of my top picks from the year: um, Mrs. America on Hulu. I don't remember if I've mentioned this to you before or not, but it's it sounds like homework. It's it's the story of the effort to pass the uh, Equal Rights Amendment in the early '70s. Just so, so well done and such a balanced show where you really get to see both sides of the issue. It's just not even political at all. I mean, it's, it's, you give, it's giving you what the left thinks and what the right thinks and why they can't agree and all this stuff. Love that. And then I just, I talked about the Queen's Gambit, I think last week, but boy, oh boy, I just find myself thinking about that show constantly, even though I finished watching it a week or two ago. It was so great. Honestly, Rick. And and I say this seriously, I don't have time for a lot of that stuff because I'm still working my way through The Mandalorian Season 2, and I'm still trying to go through Westworld. You know, all the shows from two years ago that I haven't had time for, plus there's still Rick and Morty, and I'm repeating 30 Rock and repeating Community. I'd love to get to The Queen's Gambit, but it's going to have to wait until I have rewatched everything that I enjoyed from 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's your problem. Why are you rewatching all this old stuff when there's such good new stuff? All right, yeah, so you just say that as someone who continuously rewatches Seinfeld. <laughs> well, that's in my DNA. I, I can't not do that. Um, so just real quick, since you brought it up. Um, so you finally got through Mandalorian Season 1, obviously, yes. and now you're on to Season 2. Let me just really quickly ask you what you thought of season one. I really enjoyed it. I went in with trepidation because you were not jazzed about it. And I should have realized that your opinion is usually <laughs> wrong when it comes to, to, to TV shows and movies. And in fact, yeah, you were completely wrong. The Mandalorian is charming. I disagree 100% that the Mandalorian needs to take his, his helmet off. He emotes very clearly, even completely covered up, and it's a part of his character. I don't think that they should contrive reasons for him to take his helmet off. And no, I think the show was awesome. 100% objectively wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and here's my proof. And I'm just going to say mild spoiler alert for anybody who has not started on Season 2. In the first episode of Mandalorian Season 2... There is a new character who is introduced who is also wearing that kind of armor. And within about two minutes, he takes his helmet off. Yeah, and, and there's a reason off. for that. Yeah, there is a reason for that. But I'm just saying, I instantly was engaged by this new character in a way that I never have been with the Mandalorian because but I can't No, see it's his because face. it was Timothy Oliphant. 
Yeah, well, of course. I mean, I I, I, I always loved him in the old That's man. the my, reason you engaged with him. Well, like, anybody, oh, anybody. I know him from that other show I've seen is what you said. No, I'd say, oh, look, he has a face. How charming. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm sorry. You're just wrong on you're, this. You're wrong. So wrong. The show no. works perfectly with the helmet. No, wrong, wrong, wrong. <laughs> But but I'm thankful for you, Dave. I'm thankful. <laughs> I remain thankful that this isn't going to devolve into a screaming match. <laughs> I thought that's what just happened. Okay, everybody, we've uh, babbled on for long enough, I think. Uh, we will return next week with more of the usual stuff, the deals, the money-saving advice, the gift ideas, all that good stuff. And, hey, needless to say, we are most thankful for all of you, our listeners. Thanks for tuning in, lo, these many weeks and months. And uh, we look forward to seeing you back here next week when we will have more of the usual money-saving deal tips and advice. So until next time, everybody, please stay safe, stay healthy, eat lots of turkey, and stay cheap. <laughs>